0: Happy Friday and welcome to another edition of the Better Baseball MLB DFS podcast here on the Better Sports Network and Fantasy Alarm. I am James Grande, joined once again by Colby Conway. Colby, this is our final song and dance this week as at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when the live stream comes around, Justin Fensterman, Fensterman will be joining me. Um... It has been an honor and a privilege to share the Brandon Marsh battlefield with you, my friend, and Victor Carantini, the latest one of your fantastic uh, random home run calls, uh, because it has been a doozy this week. Uh, how you feeling headed into Friday? And, and first and foremost, happy Friday.
1: Yes, happy Friday to you as well. Looking forward to this slate. For the first time in a couple of days, we finally have maybe more than one good pitching option. So it'll actually be fun to break <laughs> down some of the top arms instead of just saying like, well, we know it's going to be insert ace here and let's figure it out from there. And I'll give you a little credit too, Keaton win. Pretty good.
0: Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, one, one mistake to a guy that you can't make a mistake to. And, uh, You know, that's all she wrote. Two run home run for Vladdy ends up being the difference there as a two run final official in Toronto. But yeah, he was pretty good. He was very efficient. A lot, not a lot of strikeouts, very efficient. Um, You know, pretty solid SP2 when you look around. uh, Other, I mean, you know, Scherzer was really good. Bassett was really good. Uh, JP France was really good. And then, you know, Hauser got hit around and and so did uh, JP France. So, um, yeah, pretty good Thursday slate overall. Kobe, why don't we dive into Friday since it's a big slate, 12 games on the main slate, um, Take a, and take a look at Vegas first and see if there's anything um, worth noting. Uh, the first thing I see, we have another core slate, Detroit, headed to town.
1: Yep, yep. <sighs> kind of like Detroit. We're going to talk about it a little bit, but there are some good spots for them in there. Looking at some of these games – boston toronto coming in at nine over under of nine with jose barrios and james paxton on the mound that one's interesting minnesota baltimore coming in at eight and a half pablo lopez has not been great of late so that could be a potential over spot there's some baltimore bets that i like that we'll talk about in a little bit uh looks like the dodgers kansas city games coming out nine and a half dodgers heavy favorites they must well Jordan Lyles is pitching, so they must assume that the Dodgers are going to do the lion's share of the work. He's at least the probable as we're looking at this. So looking at that one, and then, of course, another double-digit in course, just like he said.
0: Yeah, so why don't we jump in? A lot of of, uh, options to go through. So why don't we break down the pitcher position first, and why don't you give us your top pitching options of the night?
1: I wish there wasn't that mid-back issue that's just clouding McClanahan a little bit it's apparently he's good he threw his bullpen he's got his week i just i I wish i had more comfort with him because this is an absolute smash spot over the last two weeks seattle's nearly striking out 35 percent of the time against lefties 35 that's insane that's way too high and for the entire season if two weeks is a small small sample size for the season only two teams strike out more against lefties Than the Seattle Mariners. So McClanahan's in a very good spot. I really like Freddie Peralta, even though Pittsburgh necessarily isn't striking out a ton of late against righties. They do have the lowest WRC plus in baseball and an 80 ISO, not a 480, not a 280, not a 180, an 80, a 0.080. So Freddie P is in a very, very appealing spot. And then really, a potential ace. I know he's been horrible of late, like Chase Anderson horrible of late in terms of like the amount of runs <laughs> that he's allowed. But I like Bobby Miller, Kansas City. They're not very good. There's some appeal here if you just don't look at those last two. But if I'm not mistaken, and I don't want to, you know, over exaggerate here, but didn't Domingo Herman have like two really bad outings and then he Be comes sure out then. and throws a perfect game. So Another bad offense. I don't know if we're gonna catch that lightning in a bottle, but Bobby Miller seems I know he's been bad of late, but he seems a little underpriced on this slate going up against the Royals.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Like we've talked about San Francisco a bunch for the last couple of days. They have a lot of very good lefties in their lineup. And Houston also, you know, is the former world is the reigning World Series champion. So like he has not had it easy. I mean, he started off Atlanta, Washington, New York, Philly. He ran into two good offenses. Kansas City is not that, and and the four games prior to this recent stretch, uh, twenty plus fantasy points. And if that's what we're gonna get at eight nine hundred, I'm more than happy to get there. Uh, anything in this like anything below Bobby Miller really uh, pique your interest here, Colby?
1: The one that I kept kind of coming back to, and it's a very weird spot to be in because I don't know if I want to stack against him or use him in my lineup because it can go both ways. But Dean Kramer has not been bad of late. And Minnesota does strike out a lot. He's got a 4.34 ERA with about a strikeout per inning, and he's averaging nearly six innings per start here in June. Like, if if he can get six innings for us, I'm a little worried that he's going to serve up multiple home runs again, like he has done the past couple of times. But – they're like, I'm, I'm torn because I really like Kramer in the spot as kind of a little bit of a contrarian arm, but at the same point, I kind of like some upside Minnesota left-handed bats against Kramer. So, like I said, I don't know whether to play him or stack against them because I can make an argument either way.
0: Yeah. And I think that's someone you're going to obviously use in tournaments because the home runs that he's allowing is pretty scary right now. Um, multi-home runs in three of his last four starts you're right. The strikeouts have been pretty consistent and he is pitching deep into games and he has a good offense behind him, eight wins on the year. So uh, I'm okay. Getting to Dean Kramer, honestly, I'm also okay. And I, and I don't want to make it sound like it's Homer pick, but I am okay. Getting to Luis Severino. There was things suggesting that he had been just getting very unlucky in that recent bad stretch. And then he blanked Texas. He looks really good. The velocity looks really good for Severino. The pitch count looks really good. And I said this a few starts ago, and I think it was the Mets start. And it was that Mets game. It was a seven and a half total. It was him versus Verlander or him versus Scherzer. And I was like, this is not a $7,100 pitcher. And he obviously made me look stupid because he got shelled. But like, I'm still saying he is not a $7,400 pitcher when he is at full strength. He is a good quality starter who has like ace type stuff when he is at his best. And I'm not suggesting he is at his best. But I think a six-inning shutout of the best offense or arguably the best offense in baseball is something that can get you jump-started to something more. So um, I like Luis Severino, and, you know, we thought the Cardinals were a good pick on uh, on Thursday against a guy that struggled against righties, and they threw four righties in the first six hitters, and they got blanked. So this team in St. Louis just can't figure it out. The Yankees definitely have some momentum coming off the perfect game. They followed that up with a 10 run outing against Oakland. So I kind of like Severino because I'm just going to keep going back to the well of this guy is an eight to this guy's a nine K pitcher at when he's going well uh, that we're getting at 7,400. So I like Luis Severino quite a bit. Yep.
1: Can't, can't fault you there. He sometimes, like when we get to talking about some Detroit bats, we're going to talk about sometimes it's buying the situation more so than the player, right. but this one we're buying the talent of the player.
0: He's buying the talent.
1: You know, yep. if he, if he gets back to full health, we'll be laughing at the fact that at one point he was $7,400 for us. Correct. So Absolutely yeah, true. take the value while you can.
0: Um. Anybody else on the mound that you have like any interest, like any, any dumpster dives here? Uh, Cause I think we, we were messing around with the, the pronunciation of someone's name. Uh, do you have any interest in Severino's uh opposition on the other side of this game?
1: I want to, but only if you're making a bunch of lineups in a contest. It's it's very risky, but <sighs> Matthew Librator, I love attacking this Yankees lineup. I know they're starting to come around a little bit of late, but coming off the perfect game and then putting up 10 runs and Josh Donaldson Homer in a game they won, which <laughs> happened. Dude. <laughs> Who knows just, the it hand. shouldn't happen it shouldn't happen it but shouldn't. he did it really shouldn't. but i mean yankees are striking 26 percent of the time you know and here against lefties in the month of june so I, I think he's worth a dart throw but again depending on the contest even like a, a three max entry i don't think i could get to him and even one i think it's got to be one of those if it's you got 10 15 20 entries maybe you toss him in one or two uh but he's just the epitome of a dart throw He he could go six scoreless innings and even if he does, he may not get the win. Because if Severino's on, it's not a great matchup there. But the Yankees offense, more often than not over the last two weeks, have not been what we've seen of late.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's something that we look into in larger field tournaments. Because also, like, the last few times he's made trips around this rotation, it hasn't exactly gone well. And he hasn't really pitched deep into games. game. So uh, 56 pitches his last time against the Cubs is not uh, not what you, not great, Bob. Not great. Um, I don't have anything else down here. I think Severino is as far down as I'd like to go. And and if you know you want to take a dart throw at Soroka making his appearance again, he just looked really bad. And the Marlins are also coming off like this awesome sweep of the uh, the Sox, where Jess Chisholm just comes back and it's just like yo Biz Natches, I'm back, and they just like are gonna go off to the races and whatever. But Uh, Let's move on to the infield, Colby, where I think we have some interesting decisions to be made here. Uh, Who are your top infielders of the day?
1: I talked about it a little bit in that Baltimore game. I really like Gunnar Henderson. And when you go into it a little bit, he's got 360 Woba versus right-handed pitching this season. But when you look, Pablo Lopez has an ERA over five here in the month of June. During that stretch, lefties have hit him at a 317 clip. It hasn't been for a ton of damage, more death by a 1,000 cuts. But a guy like Henderson, if he can get into one, he can get us what we need in a swing or two. And you look, he's hit safely in quite a few in a row now. Uh, And there's fantasy points have been quite good. So I really, really, really like Gunnar Henderson. I also like Marcus Semyon, right-handers versus Ronel Blanco for the Astros. It's been quite profitable this season. Semyon's good against righties. And when you look at Blanco – 2.06 homer per nine this year. Home runs have been a problem for him. Righties are his kryptonite. So I really like some Texas right-handed bats. And then the last one, since we never talk about catchers, when we do the preview of infield, they always seem to get tossed by the wayside. I can't believe Elias Diaz is priced where he is. It's in cores. It's against a right-hander. And when you look at the catchers, there's quite a few priced up above him. I'm yep. very, very surprised about that. So I think Diaz is, is – I, I hate to say a sure thing, a catcher, a guy that we're going to lock in right away, but I'm very surprised there's this many catchers priced up priced up higher than him, especially against a righty who doesn't do well against righties.
0: Right. And Elias Diaz does all of his damage at home. If you look at these splits, I mean, no surprise, right? It's Coors Field. This is a story as old as time, but 944 OPS at home, seven of his nine home runs at home – 328 at home compared to 244 on the road, and uh, I mean, yeah, he hits third right in the middle of their lineup, so or fourth, whatever they're hitting him these days. It's either third or fourth, so uh, ideal spots for him. And and I'm gonna I'll piggyback right off that and go to CJ Crone, who over the last few years has also been better, weirdly enough, because he started that his career where he was dominant against lefties, and then he got to cores and to Colorado and only started hitting righties, and that's again been the case. And I know he has struggled; he struggled a little bit before the injury, and then since he came back, like he's it's only been two games, but two for four on um, on Wednesday with the RBI. I love CJ Crone here against Michael Lorenzen, and we were talking about it before we got on air. Um, Lorenzen is a ground baller, and anytime you get ground ballers in that thick Colorado air the ball just doesn't sink anymore. It just is a flat fastball, and that's why people don't want to pitch there. And I think that's going to cause a lot of problems, and you've already said it with Elias Diaz, like righties are what get to Michael Lorenzen um, far more. So I like CJ Crone quite a bit. Um, and I like Brandon Drury, who I have used a lot against left-handed pitching throughout Brandon Drury's like last few seasons. Um last year, like I don't think anybody saw the year that Brennan Jury had in Cincinnati or San Diego coming, but it was like largely against lefties and he's following it up again this year. He's actually been just kind of good against everybody, which is wild to think that we waited how many years into Brennan Jury's career for him to like turn into something. Cause this is a long it was a long time coming, I guess, for, for Brennan Jury. Um and I, I love this spot against Tommy Henry, who He's looked better uh, over his last few starts. Um, But like still like seasonal numbers against righties, like 780 OPS, 339 WOBA allowed still like less than ideal. Um, So I really like Brandon jury here. And honestly, I'm going to probably get to a lot of angels like Eduardo Escobar is someone who hits lefties extremely well. He's going to be hitting at the bottom of that lineup. Hunter Renfro. When we get to the outfield, like, there's a lot of guys. Chad Wallach for what it's worth you want to want to just make this a catcher only podcast we can Chad Wallach 10 for 33 with four home runs and a 450 woba against left-handed pitching this year like I mean like again I'm not like sitting here advocating for catch and we're not gonna sit here and advocate for catchers all the time but if you're not going Diaz and you want someone who's cheaper I can't even find well 3100 to go to Wallach I know he's been really struggling, but he's hitting lefties extremely well this year. So uh, just some food for thought there. Any, and I, I, I'm going to, I'll, I'll tee this up for you. What is your favorite value in the infield that may or may not come from one singular team that usually would not get any rub on a, on a MLB DFS podcast, but does deserve some love just considering where they are.
1: Yeah, in cores, I'm I'm gonna say it I'm a sucker for Andy Abanez on <laughs> this I'm Me this, too. Like, I, Me I too. love it. I mean three forty three Woba against lefties, four extra base hits over his last sixteen at bats against lefties, including a three forty one ISO. I mean, and look at the price. Yeah. The price
0: is insane. It's
1: free. Like I'm not it's trying free. to I'm not trying to overreact here, but let's overreact a little bit. No, it's like, not a it's... great matchup. Agreed. So Andy Abanez is one. And if you don't do Elias D as a catcher and you don't do Chad Wallach a catcher, take a look at Jake Rogers. Let's get a third catcher on the board here. Dude, let's third go third one to make up for it. And I'm looking over here at Jake Rogers' numbers this year. He may only be hitting 225 against lefties and 40 at bats. But what if I were to tell you that the man sporting a 550 ISO <laughs> against left-handed <laughs> pitching this season? Dude. I mean, listen. We're not hurting for catcher tonight, baby. That's it's a beautiful thing as a former catcher. I love this offensive fireworks display that I'm envisioning being this big magical display, Fourth of July esque. And we're just going to get some like crappy, like cul de sac little (laughs) sparkler show. Like that's what I'm worried about is going to happen behind the dish. But we're not hurting for options, at least. At least we have that.
0: Dude, Jake Rogers looks like if he didn't play baseball, he would just pound Budweiser's and drive a school bus
1: not not at the same time
0: though not at the same no okay. no definitely not promoting definitely not promoting that separate times like after his shift of driving the school bus he's going to sit down at the river and just pound Budweiser's by the case but like
1: yeah i, yeah, I mean I, yeah i could see him leading like a motorcycle group too
0: yeah also yeah that's a good one i he'd have like he's such a big dude he'd have such a little vest it'd be hilarious if he had like the the motorcycle vest and everything too you know um, yeah, I, I mean, him and his handle on mustache are a good play heading into course. I guess it's worth mentioning. We, I guess we have to, I know the, the Dodgers game is playing on Thursday, but there was hail and we do have another icon here for rain in the forecast. So definitely something to monitor because if there's going to be a hailstorm, storm, I mean, they've clearly showed that they'll wait it out because they started two hours after the initial, uh, Game was supposed to start, but worth monitoring. Um, and I know you, you know, you wanted to show some love to Spencer, Spencer Torkelson as well, who uh, double donged and now has three home runs over his last two games. And this is what everyone hoped he would be: the home run hitting guy who hit two twenty, not the guy. I mean, not two twenty, but like at least if you're going to hit two twenty, hit for home, hit for power. Uh, he hasn't done anything, but last few days he has hit a lot of uh, a, li- a lot of home runs. Um, so I like Andy Ibanez Quite a bit. I'll show some love to Andrew Vaughn. Uh, $3, or $3,200, excuse me. He continues to just be very productive. Uh, five RBIs his last three games, and he's hitting righties as well as he's hitting lefties. Um, Anthony Volpe, kind of been really good for the Yankees since this little switch of the, uh, of the stance that he's received. Another two-hit game on Thursday. That's now th- multi-hit games in three straight. And if Liber... Lib Libertor struggles again. Um, I mean, Volpe, we also know has an infinite amount of speed if he reaches base. So uh 3,200 for Anthony Volpe, who was approaching 5K not too long ago. Um, I'd have some interest in. Any other infield value you want to take a look at or are you ready to move on to the outfield?
1: Last one I got to Wilmer Flores, 389 average over his last 18, 413 slug versus righties, and he gets Carlos Carrasco. Who at home this year? ERA over eight, and righties have a 413 woba against him. So another value option there.
0: Cool. Uh, I like Wilmer quite a bit. When we head to the outfield, I'm just going to ask right away. Just get this out of the way now. Would you play Shohei Otani as my door? As my dog continues to try to get in through my. Uh, <laughs> Listen,
1: I'm all for breaking down the door to get Otani in the lineup. So I'm right there with I'm right there with the dog. I agree. I mean, I, it doesn't matter at this point. Just throw him in the lineup. If you have the money, throw him in the lineup and don't look back. I, I don't.
0: I don't know if I like. I I can't leave the podcast technically. So like, I will ask him to stop doing it. Uh, but like, this is the most ridiculous thing of all time. This is terrible. He
1: he loves all of our value options. Let the dog in. That's the value options. I'll I'll, I'll run the fort. Yeah, look at that. See? Let him in. He sits behind the couch. Everybody wins. But yeah, why not play Shohei Otani? Yeah,
0: see? (sighs) What a. See, now
1: everybody wins. Isn't that great?
0: Until he starts crying, Colby, what, what are we doing? Run through run through some of your top outfield options as my dog is now let in the door and now wants to go out the door, by the way. This is quality <laughs> content is now laying by the door.
1: That that tracks. Uh, obviously, Shohei Otani. Obviously, Ronald Acuna won't fault anybody for playing those guys. I also like Acuna's teammate, Michael Harris. Harris has cut back on the strikeouts in June, 256 ISO this month, and he actually has a 264 ISO against righties. And he's going to be in a very good spot there. You already talked about Jazz Chisholm, so yep, let's play him. And then you yep. also talked about Goat Renfro. So hunter Renfro is gonna be very he should be very, very popular in this slate.
0: Yeah, I mean he's hit left, he's extremely well, and he's just one of those power power bats that we want in our angel stacks. I just that the only reason I like Otani being first base eligible on DraftKings is the fact that they have nine outfielders you could play on a daily slate. Um, So I do like the fact that, you know, at least we have that for Otani where you could play him in the infield. Um, I'm going to keep playing Luis Robert. I know it's a righty here, but even on a, on a, in a game where he doesn't hit a home run, he has two stolen bases and that's the allure of Luis Robert and what he can do um, when he is fully healthy, which we haven't seen a lot. Uh, So I love Luis Robert here, 4,700, I, I'm not just continually going to the Yankees because I am a Yankees fan. I mean, I haven't talked about a Yankee in maybe like a month and a half. Giancarlo Stanton, also a guy kind of maybe waking up here. And that's why I'm a little scared of getting to Libertor because on, I mean, 10 runs, he is direct, you know, he scores one, hits two in with a double Now we have five RBIs over his last two games. And before that, he was terrible, but now hits in four or five. I like Giancarlo Stanton quite a bit at 4,500. I'll go to Nolan Jones at 4,500 as well. Um, I think, you know, as long as there is a Brady on the mound, Nolan Jones profiles really well. Um, That's really it for me in this, like, top tier. What are we looking at for uh, value, Colby?
1: Well, I gave you a break here, but I got to do it for my BVP people out there. I got to do it. For what it's worth, Alex Verdugo, 7-for-17 7 with a home run in his career against Jose Barrios, so that's something you could look at right. there. I love Garrett Cooper, 205 ISO against righties this year, and he has a 600 slug over his last 10 games. And like you said earlier, Mike Stroke is just not good. So I'm all for going at him. And, you know, 428 Wilbur to righties, 423 to lefties. So, again, I talked about Jazz earlier, but Garrett Cooper's in a really good spot. And then – as I look at it here, I know we talked about Luis Severino. I just can't quit Jordan Walker against a righty.
0: That's perfectly fine. That's I, I can't, just can't do either. it. I can't.
1: And Severino's it. worse against righties too. At least this year he has been. So I just I can't quit Jordan Walker against righties, especially at this price point. Good lord.
0: Um, what do we got for Jordan Walker here? Still, it's thirty-two. Oh wow! They wow! They really boomed his price up hundred dollars. That's big. That was a big jump. Good for DraftKings. They're really they're really making us think about it. Um, oh, and Matt Beerling. Yeah, I mean, just to sprinkle on top one more Detroit Tiger, Matt. And you know what, Matt Beerling's been awesome leading off mm-hmm. for Detroit. He has been awesome. Uh, so I'll give you that for sure. I'll, I'll I'm interested to see if Arizona will toy with the idea of Jake McCarthy at the leadoff spot more um, because he sh- now that we're getting like last year's version ish. We're still not getting the power that we saw last year, but the speed is on full display. He actually looks like a very solid MLB hitter again. If you were to lead off 3100, I have no problem going there. And I'm interested to see what they do cuz uh Corbin Carroll left Thursday's game, so if Corbin Carroll is out for any amount of time, you know, that might just naturally move McCarthy up the lineup. I'm okay getting to any Dodger lefty here, Hayward Peralta Outman, they all get Marsh, uh, who's making his debut, and he was really bad at AAA. That's where I think me, probably you and I lacked a little bit uh, Dodgers throughout this show since they're getting this kid, who if you look, uh, his name is Alec Marsh, and he had a 4-6-2 ERA between double and AAA. This guy has not been very good. Uh, He was a second-round pick in the 2019 draft, but clearly has not lived up to much in the minors. Um, So I will be definitely interested in Dodgers here. Uh, Colby, why don't we go through your cornerstones here? Uh, The Colby Conway cornerstones, the triple C, not, not a Colby community college, but Colby Conway's cornerstones. Uh, What do we got for uh, each stop on the cornerstone?
1: Yep. Home run calls. Marcus Semyon. love the matchup. So he's going to go yard top stack. Cause as it should be the Detroit Tigers contrarian stack, don't know how contrarian it is, but let's get those angels bats in there. I like that for the contrarian stack star of the night is going to be Ronald Acuna and the value play of the night will be our second baseman slash outfielder in our lineup. Mr. Andy Evane
0: love that. Um, I'm going to go my home run call. I'm going to go with John Carlos. Then, uh, he's always been a very streaky player. And when he's going, he looks like the best player in the world. And when he doesn't, he looks like the worst player in the world. He's been good over the last couple of days. My top stack, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. My contrarian stack, I'm going to go with the Yankees. Uh, I like the Yankees against lefties here. Harrison Bader, someone we didn't mention, hits lefties well this year. Um, my uh, MVP of the night, I'm going to go with JD Martinez getting the right-handed pitcher. And then my value play of the night, I'm going to go Anthony Volpe. So why don't we get into the lineups here, Colby? What do we want to do at pitcher? Do we want to go up to McClanahan uh, as we have a couple minutes left, or do we feel more comfortable, like, in the Peralta-Bobby Miller range?
1: I tried building a lineup with, like, McClanahan-Miller, like McClanahan, and I really struggled. It got okay. bad quick. Um, okay. I, mean, I think we could probably get away with Peralta-Miller. I think you could do okay. both of those guys. Um, we'll probably have a better chance to at least afford one or two big bats in there with all the value that we have at our okay. fingertips
0: yeah I mean well let's just plug we're gonna plug Abanez in at second base um yep. who else do you want to plug from Detroit like who are your must-own Detroit Vierling in the outfield like do you feel most comfortable about him or do you feel and he's been really good
1: yeah put Vierling we'll go okay. Vierling and Vierling and Abanyas we could always go Rogers at catcher if we need to find like hundreds of dollars to save, but if, I would really prefer to try to get Elias Diaz if possible because he's okay. only a couple hundred dollars more.
0: I'm down. Um, yeah, what do we want to do at first base? Uh, you know what I want to do at short? We're going to go Anthony Volpe at short to save us a couple hundred dollars.
1: Put, put JD in the outfield.
0: Who else? Who is your home run call? Semyon. Semyon. I could put Banyas in the outfield.
1: I think Semien's gonna run us out because he's so much. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, it ain't gonna work. Go back to Abania at second. Do what about Renfro in the outfield for that last spot? Yep, love that because he's not. Yeah. I don't know.
0: yeah, no, I, I think okay, that'll be. Bad. Yeah, I think that's uh, that gives us <laughs> that gives us uh room to work um where's
1: what's garrett cooper's price
0: garrett cooper is 3400 okay and then 37 for a third baseman uh royce eduardo escobar
1: there you go you talked about him
0: freddie peralta bobby miller elias diaz garrett cooper andy abanez eduardo escobar anthony volpe matt beerling jd martinez hunter renfro 400 dollars left over That'll do it for today's podcast. We will be back at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, me and Justin Fencerman, Big shout-out to Colby all week for filling in on the podcast and the live stream. We'll be back again tomorrow. Catch you guys later.